This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. I'm here with Kyle. What are we going to be talking about today? We're in the last section of Becoming Your Own Banker. Um... What if I am not insurable is the topic. So we'll dive into that. All right. So, you know, Nelson, in his wisdom and age, realized that not everybody is going to be insurable that reads about infinite banking and wants to implement it in their life. Yep. So is there a possible solution to that? And yeah, there definitely is. There definitely is. Um, I will say that this is going to take a little more work on, on our part. That's not a big deal, but, um, you know, it is possible for you guys. If you're not insurable, you're not of the best health, um, you know, it is possible. But we should still try to get insurance on you first, would be my suggestion, before we go down this route. If we don't get what we wanted or you aren't insurable, you know, we always have this option to, to try and insure someone else, but we should always, always start with you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what, what are the options for people that we could insure, Kyle? If, if we aren't insurable, what are our options? Um, if, you, if your parents are still around and in good health, um, it can make sense to insure those. We insured some 70-year-olds this year and turned out very well, very pleased with how that worked out. You can also insure children and you can insure business partners. So somebody that you have some sort of an insurable interest in is eligible for you to um, take a policy out on. Mm-hmm. You can insure grandchildren even. Um, there needs to be, you have to have sufficient life insurance on yourself already before that can happen. So a policy would have needed, need to still be existing on you before you can make that happen. Um, but it's another option for people. And like Kyle said, business partners. That is an excellent one, and it is a place where term insurance is used a lot, but it makes a ton of sense to use whole life insurance policies. Yeah. Not only do you lock in the the insurability, what if you only buy a 10-year term policy, Kyle, and after those 10 years are up, we need to do term insurance on each other because we're still business partners. The business has grown significantly, but you're fat and overweight and chew, and I have a massive premium that I have to pay (laughs) or you're uninsurable. Yeah. You'd be up a Creek, (laughs) but yeah, you can still get a policy on me because I'm fit and I don't chew. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So you don't know if somebody's going to change their habits in the future or, or whatever. So, you know, if everybody's in good health right now, good standing, not a bad idea to just get whole life right now. Lock it in. You lock it in. So you have insurability for the future. Um, you're also building cash value that you can use for part of a dissolution. You know, maybe in the future, 20 years from now, Kyle and I, you know, we aren't seeing eye to eye anymore in this business and Kyle wants me to buy him out. My whole life insurance policy was building cash value that whole time. Guess what I can do with that cash value? I can borrow against it to help buy Kyle out of the business. Yep. It it offers you a tremendous amount of possibilities. And then if I randomly die, you're still getting a death benefit, whether 
we get along or not. This happened to Nelson. He said he had a, a business interest with someone. And uh, I think when he got the policy on him that they were still, you know, together doing a lot of things for one year, two years. I don't remember. After that, they really didn't see each other very much anymore. But there was insurable interest when the policy was put in force. So the insurance company isn't just going to cancel it. So Nelson just continued to pay the premiums. Nelson said, you know, I'd see this guy around town once in a while. We didn't really talk to each other anymore. But, you know, that just happens. But guess what? That guy got sick. And I think it was between 10 and 15 years after Nelson started this policy on him that the guy passed away. And Nelson received the death benefit from that. Yeah. That is a huge influx of money. For sure. Now, um, was it something, was that what Nelson had in mind at the beginning? Maybe, maybe not. But it's something that exists that it's another benefit that this offers to you in a business situation. Well, he liked the idea of getting insurance on as many people as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was paying so much premium that he probably, I mean, I never heard Nelson say this, but he may not have been able to get any more life insurance on himself. Maybe not. Like he says in this book, if you pay as much premium as you should, you're going to reach a point where they won't issue you any more insurance Yeah. on your own life. So you're going to have to insure everybody else that you have an insurable interest in. Yep. So things to think about. Um, I know I really went down the business rabbit trail there. But I think that there's a lot of value that whole life insurance does offer to people in that market. Um, but Nelson goes through a, an example here in the book. So maybe we could just highlight that here quick for, for people that don't have a book in front of them, Kyle. And so the scenario that he laid out is there's a 50-year-old husband and uh, his wife is on board with doing the IBC thing. He's not insurable, um, but he has a, a daughter and she is insurable. So they take out a policy on her. They pay $20,000 a year for 20 years. And at this point in time, he doesn't pay premium into this policy anymore. Yep. But he's 70 years old. He wants to slow down. He wants to take some passive income. So he withdraws money from his cost basis and the, uh, the guaranteed cash value of his paid up additions. He withdraws that money and uses that as retirement income. Is that taxable, Kyle? Not until he reaches his cost basis. Right. He already paid taxes on this money before it went into the policy. This policy isn't a mech, so he can withdraw his cost basis. Nelson pretends that for the next 15 years, he takes $28,500 a year out of this policy and at that point in time, Nelson kills him. He's recovered all the cost basis of this policy, and there's still a million dollars of cash value. Mm-hmm. That's somewhat like leaving death benefit to the next generation. It isn't the exact same thing, but if I leave you a million dollars, Kyle, you would kind of consider that death benefit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So another important thing to remember here is, and and you should go over this um, when you set up policies on other people is you need to set up contingent owners and contingent beneficiaries because the husband in this case was the owner of this policy, but he was not, or he was the beneficiary as well, excuse me, but he was not the insured. So when he died, 
the insured was still alive. So this policy, the ownership has to pass on to someone else. Mm -hmm. So you should, you want to do this when you set up policies like this, set up a contingent owner. That just means if the owner isn't alive anymore, he hasn't collected the death benefit from this policy because the insured's still alive, that that next person, the contingent owner, receives ownership of this policy at that point in time. Yep. Very important to set stuff like that up. And so what happens is this policy goes to his daughter and she doesn't do anything with it. She isn't paying premium, isn't doing anything. But when she's ready to slow down, then she takes income out of the policy. Mm-hmm. Just a um, ongoing um, passive income creating system. Right. And I mean, could she have paid into the policy, paid premium into the policy? I'm not 100% sure on if this policy would have accepted any more death benefit um, or excuse me, premium without looking at it a little closer. Um, but if it was set up that way, she could have continued paying premiums into the policy as well. Yep. Um, there's just so much stuff that you can do with this. And, you know, if, if, if your situation isn't right to where you're insurable and able to do this, there's likely a way that you can do it on somebody else. Yeah. We can usually get or find a way to get somebody insured. And if you don't have the ability to take more insurance on yourself, we can find somebody else to insure if you want to expand your system. Right. The only thing that I will add is likely there is going to be some restrictions on the amount of premium that we can pay on these policies on other people. Um, you know, but we'll learn more about that, you know, as we as we discuss your own particular situation and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, <laughs> You may not be able to pay in $100,000 a year on your sister's life. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. So um, I think it's pretty situation specific on the relationship. It's going to depend on what the insurable interest is, right? Exactly. And how much, uh, how much monetary value there is there. Because insurable interest is roughly defined as, you know, if, say if it was Kyle and I, if I, would, if I have insurable interest in Kyle or not, would I suffer financially because of Kyle, Kyle's death? Yep. Okay. That's, that's kind of how insurable interest is, is determined mm-hmm. with life insurance. Um, but anyways, I kind of rambled a little bit. Kyle, is there anything you want to add? No, I think this is a pretty short section. We got, got it all covered well, and this is the end of our becoming our, your own banker book review. This is the end of the book review. Um, we are going to come back and just, uh, do one last closing podcast going over the book, the points to consider, highlights, highlights um, our take on it, and uh, then we will be completely finished with the book review. And some of you are probably pretty happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that we explain some things that you guys had questions with at least. Um, but yeah, we'll be we'll be moving on to some other stuff with the podcast. Yep, looking forward to it. All right, thanks, guys. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.